Well, it's about time. We finally, we're finally back together, David. You and I, we finally, we, we've got a new <laughs> the home. The band is back together. We've, we got a new home. We're here at Sport Calgary. This is where our podcast, the We've Solved Nothing podcast, is new home, is right here. Could it be more appropriate? Could we have a more appropriate home for what you and I like to talk about, what we love to talk about, than being here and part of Sport Calgary's website? This is awesome. Um, I am loving it. It's bright. It's sunny. Uh, we've got the Sport Calgary All Sport One Day mm. banner beside us here. This is fantastic. It is, isn't it? It is. And for those who don't know, because uh, David and I have done a podcast on and off for just a little over a year, um, how would we define our podcast, the We've Solved Nothing podcast? <laughs> well, I, I would say, I can, can I describe it as organic? Yes. In that you and I just kind of kept running into each other at events, <laughs> and we would chat, and I think we just enjoyed each other's company, um, and we enjoyed talking about sport. And right. And kind of the, I, I, I would say more the sociological side of it. Yes. Um, and kind of the implications on society at a broader broader level. Anyways, if I recall, um, I was invited to speak on a couple of your radio broadcasts, mm-hmm. and I think really it just grew from there. And I think the podcast industry was still on a bit of a nascent stage then too, if I, again, if I recall correctly. For some, yeah. So we, you and I didn't, I don't think we really had any preordained idea about how this was going to move forward. And we just started recording ourselves having conversations. And I think, and I, what I've loved about it more than anything else is I, I think our philosophy has been very much two guys sitting at a bar, just shooting the, you know, the bull about sport and what it means to us and what it means to our city and our province, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so now that we've found a quote unquote home Mm -hmm. uh, with sport Calgary, we can actually start to hang on to these things uh, and save them for posterity's sake. And what, what I love, too, about what we're able to do is, uh, and I, hey, listen, I make my living talking about professional sport. No problem there. But I love the ability to kind of work back and forth. We don't have the restrictions of, oh, just, you know, talk about the talk about what the teams are doing. No, we, and, and the other beauty, and I have to give my, uh, my esteemed colleagues some credit here, um, your passion and your... Um, uh, your work on the Paralympic mm. programs and para games, and, and to me, is that whole idea of inclusion, that whole idea of equality, love it, dig yeah. it, and it tends to be a theme around here. Yeah, us. oh yeah. Well, and and I think you know issues of diversity in a broader context are certainly pertinent today, and are certainly uh, relevant mm-hmm. and important conversations to have and I you know I think one of the things that I love about sport is that it allows us to have conversations about some pretty important meaningful things right in a way that it enables people to have an opinion Mm -hmm. and to understand whether it's you know diversity from a truth and reconciliation indigenous aboriginal perspective whether it's um, looking at ethnic diversity and sport and certainly Calgary is a great example of you know a changing demographic right uh, and, and how sport then is impacted in that way um, even from a, a city's future perspective um, from facilities mm. uh, to me all these things intersect and allow for some really important conversations to take place about you know who we are as a society but in a way that's quote unquote safe right. And allows us to ask ourselves, how do we feel about racial diversity and racial prejudice still? And we can talk about Colin Kaepernick 
and allow us to have that conversation without pointing fingers at people and making people feel that they don't want to be part of the solution. Right. Uh, so again, I, I love I love this platform. I love this forum. I love just again, you know, if if nobody else listens to this, just the opportunity to chat with you and kind of expand my own ways of thinking. And the uh, in, in speaking of expanding, this is you you use the term kind of a safe space. This is a safe space to talk about new things. This yeah. is a safe space yeah. to say what about esports what right. about drone racing what exactly. about yeah. the, you know vr and yeah. things like that what impact are they going to have without casting dispersions and being the old man on the <laughs> lawn shaking your fist you kids in your video games and and the other the one other major difference you'll find here is um one of us has a force technology diploma and works in radio the other one is the head of a prestigious educational institution well the department in the pre- prestigious educational institution so. no I'll, I'll i'll take credit for the whole institution sure you, you will no. you got mount royal that's <laughs> <laughs> right it's all under your pre- <laughs> if david doherty the president of the university <laughs> is listening yeah no no i am not yes i'm Chair of the Department of Health and Physical right. Education at Mount Royal University. Right. So we can prove that, that cats and dogs can get along, <laughs> right? That's how we do it. That's right. Um, okay. Enough of the introduction. By Most people will figure it out by the time we get to the end of the podcast how this is going to all work out. So much in the news that you and I have to get mm. caught up on. One thing that I would like to do uh, is just take a moment, because you and I have not had an opportunity mm-hmm. to reflect on April 6th and right. what happened there. And the fallout, um, fallout may be the wrong word, but what what has transpired in that time span in a rather quick um, amount of time, uh, there's no way that enough words or money could ever be raised to replace the, the 16 souls that have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no amount of money and, and things that we can say that are going to, you know, heal quick enough the, the survivors and, and what they're going through, their families. This has been what transpired in Humboldt or with the Broncos has been very transformative, I think, in this country. Or is it too quick to say that? Yeah, it's still it's still pretty fresh. Um, so to to do a fulsome, you know, under, to have a to have a fulsome understanding of its impact is, you know, I think inappropriate at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but already. Uh, you know, and if you use the metrics of, for instance, the the amount of money that was raised on the GoFundMe account, right. the, the uh, impact of the green and yellow ribbon uh, campaign that you certainly are seeing on the sportscasters in uh, the the playoffs, the, you know, the on the broadcasters right now in the playoffs. Well, and I have it on my jacket um, today. Uh, you know, and it's funny. So even my own my own children were impacted by this, who are not necessarily hockey players, mm-hmm. but I think. I think the idea of recognizing that a number of people's lives, many of whom are young adults who are just on the cusp of, you know, kind of starting their lives in many respects, being cut short, is just so sad. Uh, and, and impact, like, you and I are both fathers. Yep. Um, so we understand. Or, or don't, no, we don't understand because I haven't lost a child. Uh, so I, I can't full I can't fully empathize or sympathize with the families and the grief that they must be dealing with, but I I can I can certainly guess the sadness um, that they must be feeling, and I think that touches people. I think I, that's you know that's a core human experience is is loss, 
and one that we can all reflect on and one we can all understand and appreciate it. And I think what it did is it brought to the forefront and just helped us understand that we are only here for a very short period of time and to, you know, to embrace, you know, the things that are important, uh, and to, to, you know, to love, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the small moments that we have on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I, I might start getting a little choked up about this quite honestly. So after this podcast, you and I were just talking about this before we started to, to record, um, Mount Royal is going to be hosting a a memorial for Dana Bronze, who was a, an athletic therapy student of ours, um, and was the athletic trainer uh, for yeah. the for the hockey team, and so three of our faculty members are right now landing in Saskatoon and now driving out to Humboldt for uh, the the funeral that's taking place this afternoon, and we'll be hosting a, a small memorial for on on our campus. The degrees of separation in our industry, Rob, are not great, are they? Nope. And so you know you you start talking to people and. You know, it's the one or two degrees of separation away from somebody that was impacted dramatically and directly by this tragedy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it has been a noteworthy event on, a, on certainly a continental scale. I mean, the, the, the amount of reports that are coming out, you know, from U.S.-based uh, sport mediums and uh, certainly nationally, it, it has captured our attention, I think, and just to recognize just how fragile... Um, our lives are. But on the sports side of things, I think what it's also done for me is it's allowed me to recognize the power uh, that sport has in the ability to bring people together mm-hmm. and to provide a common thread that we can all understand and that we can all connect to. Yeah. Um, and the power to rejuvenate and the power to bring peace and to, uh, to, to bring... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a sense of calm, almost, uh, is is significant. Again, you and I offline were talking about the 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 player from Airdrie and yep. who's now you know dealing with paralysis and wondering if he can return to sport through uh, para ice hockey, sledge hockey. Yep. And so again, the power of sport to rebuild lives, to return normalcy, to uh, to give people hope is is pretty powerful and pretty significant. I um I've said it a couple of times and I'm glad you said it that way because I think it also ramps up to me my belief that there is a power of sport and advocacy. I can't tell you I wish we didn't have to do this to put this to a test. But I I've come away from the importance of Bell Let's Talk hockey talks, mm-hmm. these mental health programs mm-hmm. that sports have championed in the last decade or so. And I saw it in action. Yeah. The number of people that texted me knowing that I connect, you know, have a connection there and said, do you need, can I help? Can you, do you need somebody to talk to? Can I listen? Can I help you? I've never seen that before. Um, and to me, that's a direct result of what sports and athletes have been Mm -hmm. championing. At least that's how I view it. So that's one of the things. And I wish David, I wish we didn't have to go through this to find it out, but I saw that. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is really important. And I think there's also, you know, back to sport for a second, this was a hockey accident, but it could have been any sport. All kinds of sports use buses. All kinds of athletes travel together to competition. All kinds of athletes get onto a bus thinking that's safe and, and it's going to take me from here to there. And, and that, to me, is why, in many ways, this is touched right across the spectrum. Because it very easily could have been another sport. And, well, and God forbid it ever happens, but I would hope that we would have the same reaction because that is universal to me. Well, yeah. I, no, no, I... 
I think you're right, and not not even just sport, right? I mean, it's a it was a collection of young people's young people um, that dramatically and tragically lost their lives very quickly. Um, and I think I think that's the story right there is that you know again just on the cusp of becoming adults and yep. starting families and you know starting their careers and whatever avocation they would have chosen. Uh, that's the you know and and, mm. and the families. Again, like the, the, that never gets replaced. That never gets no. fixed. No. Um, let's shift gears. Uh, okay. One of the topics that we have discussed now for the better part of a year is a 2026 bid in Calgary. Right. Um, a rather, rather monumental point in time here recently when uh, city council voted on whether or not they should just continue. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the lead up to that. And, and do you believe the advocacy that the athletes showed on this particular topic played a part because Olympic athletes mm-hmm. rallied the Friday before a Monday vote yep. and asked people to get involved. Yep. And I was surprised. I was, you know, I think, again, talking about things we talked about offline, I was not optimistic that this process was going to continue, yet it does. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me begin by saying I'm, I'm glad uh, that the vote went the way it did. Um, I am an unabashed mm-hmm. uh, supporter of the bid moving forward. I'm not, you know. I, listen, I, I don't, I don't think we bid at any and all costs. And you and I have had this yeah. conversation before. Yeah. But I think it's important consideration and something that we should continue to look at. Whether or not the athletes, and there were Paralympic athletes there too. I saw Brian McKeever speak. I've heard Brian um, McKeever. He was very compelling yeah. on this topic. So the I think the athletes speaking on Friday was important and was valuable because I, I think what had happened is that the no narrative the had had filled a, a vacuum, filled a void because the supporters of the bid had not had not been driving the agenda, had not been driving the discussion. And I'm not a hundred percent sure why that was the case, whether or not there was just a foregone conclusion that we would continue moving forward. But then when push came to shove and Drew Farrell made the motion last Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. to have the vote on Monday, I think there was suddenly a recognition that, oh, wait a second here, this could go, this could go badly. This, this may not be moving forward as we had presumed or assumed. And so I do think it was important. And, you know, it wasn't just, I mean, the athletes, I, th- I, I think the, sometimes the athletes are not as valuable as speakers because there's the sense of a bias or the pushback uh, I got was, of course, they want the games. They're, they're in, yeah. and they're they're entitled athletes because they want our money and they're taking yeah. our money. That was the pushback I got from those opposed. Yeah, you know, it was even interesting. I mean, to the you know the twelve Twitter followers that I have, I got pushback by a couple mm-hmm. of the no Olympic bid uh, perspective saying to me, "Oh well, of course you're supportive of it. You're gonna you're gonna get something out of this." And I'm like, "Well, like what? Um, like I'm a, I'm just a public servant prof." Uh, you know, whether we do or not bid, it's going to give me great conversation starters for my class. So I win yeah. either way. Yeah. I, like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Uh, so, but I think there's this, this this sense of if you're a supporter of the game, somehow you're on the take. Um, and you're getting something significant out of this. And to me, I, that's a disappointing. Um, and maybe I'm naive to be disappointed by that, but it saddens me that that's what people automatically go but to. that's is, the narrative, Dave. I mean, we talked about this yeah. with the arena. You know, if you're pro arena, yeah. then you're you're four billionaires getting more handouts and things like yeah. that. 
the one big thing I got, and I'm very respectful of this, I had a friend of mine who's a business owner, I would say a very prominent business owner in this city, just could not, just angry. As a taxpayer, his tax burden has gone up. He doesn't want his tax burden to go up. There's no benefit. I was here in 88. It didn't do me any good. It, it's just, it, it's it's heresy for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that's, you know, I think overall that's one of the things Again, I equate it very much to the arena or the Calgary Next project. I think they're very similar. I think those who don't want public money at all used on these types of things are against them. And I would say this, and and I hope I'm wrong about this. You said it before, and I heard it from the athletes. It's not bid at all cost. Give us a plan. We don't know what the plan is. What's the vision? What's it going to look like? What's it going to cost us? Tell us that, and then we'll make a decision. I get the sense that some of those people could be given information that would make them go, no, no, this won't work. I'm out. Yeah. I don't get the sense that there's much interest in conversation on the no side, that, that they, have, they feel for whatever reason that they've been you know, kind of under, the, under siege politically or t- taxation-wise, that they just have no interest in this, which makes for an interesting conversation because I think it's near impossible to convert, right? Oh, yeah, I... It's probably a bit like Democrats and Republicans. If if you're one or the other, you are. Um, but that's become a blood sport, right? That's that's your. It's my team, so I better support my team. And if that's what we got here, well, I think I think there is a bit of that. I don't. Aww. I don't. I think if you're a supporter of it, well, and maybe and maybe again, maybe maybe that's inappropriate. Maybe people are a bit more reasonable than I'm giving them credit for right now. Um, to me, though, it. it it, it becomes philosophical as opposed to uh, logical. Right. Um, and so people are just anti just because they're anti. <laughs> they're against, they're against mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if motherhood and apple pie, they would be against that too. Yeah. Um, whereas those that are the optimistic and the glass half full want to see Calgary moving forward, wanting to see Calgary growing, progressing, Adapting, changing, evolving, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, to me, there's two very philosophical uh, divisions taking place in the discussion. The part that worries me the most is, and I got this by watching City Council last Tuesday online. Mm-hmm. It's not something I make a practice of, but I decided to but do it. But you did it. I did it on the Tuesday. Yeah. It seems to me that there is some significant, uh, I don't want to say anger, but dislike amongst the councillors. Uh, with each other. And I'm wondering if it, part of this is a split in the council, just if if the mayor supports it, I'm I'm against it or I'm for it simply because of my feelings towards the mayor like that. That seems that is, a, is that a dangerous place to be? Oh, I think I think it's a very dangerous place to be. And I yeah. and maybe again, I'm not giving credit to the councillors um, being able to let those things go for the greater good of the city. Sure. But it's certainly from a theatrics perspective, it seemed that way on Tuesday when I watched online. Um, again, just the visceral uh, between committee members was something that I hadn't picked up on before. What worries me is we hear the the term public engagement a lot. Mm. And to me, I don't know, I guess I still have that you know, romantic idea that public engagement is we'll all get together in a town hall, we'll hear some pe- speeches, we'll, we'll figure it out, and we'll all come... T- I mean, I don't have a pan. I don't have that kumbaya moment. A hundred percent of us will link arms, and here we go. I get that, but 
you know, I go back to your Republican Democrat example. That's what worries me mm-hmm. is that I'm coming there to win the argument. I'm not coming there to have right. a debate. Right. I'm coming to win an argument. Right. I'm not sure that's healthy, but I also think that's societal. I don't think that's Calgary. I think that's we see that in many forms all across the <sighs> yeah. land. And public consultation today is is evolving and it's different and in yeah. based in part I think on changes to technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, this podcast is this is this part of the public conversation is this part of the consultation and the letters to the editor and the twitter uh you know diatribes and like like do we need to do the traditional where we go to community halls and we host events and we talk to people and we allow them to come and have personal conversations is it you know in the classrooms is it in uh, council chambers. I think all of these things are part of the public consultation. Uh, you know, the the CBAC website was up and running for you know a considerable amount of time and allowed for public interaction. Uh, you know, is it like I, I think that's the challenging part is how do we engage people so that we do have uh, meaningful conversations as opposed to adversarial mm-hmm. uh, fights. Mm-hmm. That that seemed to be one of the things that some of the you know some of the information that was coming out there. Well, I was under the impression this is what I heard, this is what I thought, and then I found out no, like we're not spending thirty million dollars on a plebiscite. No, you know it's Mm -hmm. where all that. But again, you know, not to make everything political, but you know, if nothing else, we've learned in the last little while how you know information, (laughs) you know, gets used. Fake news. Fake news, right? You know. (laughs) And how do you trust it? How do you trust? Again, if you don't agree with this and you're given uh, information, is, are you deciphering that information or are you going, oh, that's a rosy, optimistic way of looking at it? Yeah. Right? Well, no, I, I, I think you're right. How do your right. kids, how do your students deal with this? How do your students, what is that age group? How are they deciphering all this information? Well, and I think, I think that's one of the challenges right there is I Certainly in the polls that I've seen mm-hmm. lately, so there was the one that, uh, that ski jumping actually yeah. uh, supported, I believe, a week ago that, um, that was presented on Global. And, and there have been other, other uh, surveys. It seems to me that if you're over the age of about 55, 60, you are against the idea of a bid moving forward. And if you're in a younger demographic, uh, you are supportive and excited about it. And so there's probably a couple of ways of looking at that. One is the older age group doesn't necessarily see themselves benefiting mm-hmm. uh, from something that's going to happen in, you know, 10 yep. years or eight, eight years time. Yep. But yet their taxes are going to increase dramatically in those eight years and they'll have to pay for something that they might not, may not necessarily enjoy. The other part of it is that they may have already experienced the 88 games. And so they've had their fun in the sun. Mm. Whereas the younger demographic, I think, arguably sees opportunity uh, presented to them. Right. And, uh, and just how can I be a part of this? And yes, my time. But I, I think, too, it's then they're amortizing that over their lifetime and saying, well, yeah, I have to pay for this. It's, you know, it's a bit similar. Like we do this at universities all the time. When student associations want to build new facilities, they have to have a plebiscite and go to the current student body and say, we're going to increase your student fees for the next five years to pay for a new student center yep. that you'll never actually use. Maybe as an alumni, you'll come back and right. feel good about knowing that you participated and contributed to this, but you yourself are not going to. But we do that all the time. We constantly pay it forward 
with things. Um, so I think my students are very much of that mindset, recognizing that I want to be a part of this. This is something that I think would be great for the city, great for my career, great for our economy, great for our city. Um, and we're in it. Whereas I think what the, the data is showing is that the older generations are the ones that are the most reticent. Now, perhaps it's because you could also argue that they're wiser um, and that they don't see the benefits of spending public dollars on a quote-unquote, you know, month-long party. Uh, it, to me, that's short-sighted, uh, but again, that's my own biased opinion. What about the IOC and all of this? Because you mentioned the pushback you got back. I, whenever I would advocate on behalf of, you know, continuing with the process, no shortage of people would tweet at me stories about corruption in the IOC as if we're all kind of ignorant. To me... The IOC, you, you tell me the body you want to work with. You tell me the amount, the amount of people that love the NHL as a body oh, or Gary Bettman yeah. or FIFA. Oh, well, let's get the World Cup. Really? You want to get into bed with those guys? To me, that's, that's just the price of, of going to the dance. Listen, right? the IOC is not perfect. But, you know, when I, I, saw, I saw a response from Haley Wickenheiser, which I quite liked. Okay. And she said, I'm an IOC member. Um, you know, I... I you know, like what's what's the issue here? Um, you know, if if you've got a if you've got an organization, there are going to be a couple people that are perhaps not mm. the most idealistic or perfect, particularly on an international scale. We have different cultures and contexts and ways of looking at how we do business, um, and to look at it from a myopic, holier than thou Canadian uh, focus perspective is perhaps inappropriate. Right. Having said that. Um, Listen, if we if if we think that the IOC needs to change, what better way than to host a games and to and to influence it from within, Um, or even before that, force them to the negotiation table to change? Which it already appears that they're willing to do that on some level, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, everything I've read and everything I've seen, I think the IOC is cognizant that they're dealing in a quickly evolving mm-hmm. landscape yeah. um, that needs to that they and it's like any organization if you're not change if you're not growing you're dying i mean like you yeah. need like the what's the only constant is change and so i think the ioc recognizes that and they are being adaptable and flexible at the same time like any organization they are selfish um, and they want to know what's in it for them, and they want to make sure that they're getting their piece of the pie too. But we are all that way. We all we all operate with self interest, mm-hmm. um, and that's as long as we know that going in, and we're negotiating with that understanding. I think I think it's fine. And again, I think Calgary. I saw you know a number of of comments on Twitter last week about oh you know the odds of us getting this are slim to none anyways, and you know there's all these you know cities from. Europe that are going to bid that are going to probably get it. I don't know. I, again, I'm no insider, but from my experience and from what I've read, I think Calgary has an outstanding chance um, if we bid to, to win and then to argue and articulate and negotiate a really strong uh, agreement with the IOC that can set a benchmark for all future games that benefits the IOC, benefits the host city, benefits Mm -hmm. the host nation, benefits the athletes, um, and leaves a really significant legacy uh, for cities as opposed to perhaps the white elephants that always get trotted out as the exemplars. The last one one I want to ask you about, 
I I feel this way. Do you feel this way? Like I heard a lot of people go, "Man, this is too hard." You know, like uh, Stephen Brunt, who I I have all kinds of time for from Sportsnet, was on our morning show here recently, and he said, "Boy, if, you know, if if there's problems now, what kind of problems are going to come?" Seems to me that uh, you would have these kind of conversations. These kind now, not there's not a script to follow. But my guess is, you know, Vancouver went through the struggles. The original 88 bid group went through struggles. Is this been more pronounced or was this past episode more pronounced than maybe others? Yeah, I don't I, I don't know about that. But a like, of course, it's hard. It's a four billion dollar plus decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would hope it's hard. <laughs> I would hope it's not something like, oh, sure. Why not? Um, I if it's it, it should be hard. Mm. Um, we should look at this with a jaundiced, critical eye um, and question why we would do it. I, of course, it's hard. Um, and it could have massive repercussions. Right. But in a, both a positive and a negative way. So, yeah, it should be a hard decision. And looking to, and trying to understand, you know, uh, the impact of a decision that we make today for the future of this city and the magnitude of the impact that that decision could have are significant. So, of course, it, it should be hard. Whether or not it's more or less hard than any other city, I would guess not, except we live in a day and age where all these discussions can happen in a more open... Unprecedented transparency, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, open, open format right. as far as, again, people being able to say what they think yeah. um, without really having any background or you know, true understanding and, you know, he or she who shouts the loudest sometimes is seen as the expert. Uh, so maybe that's the difference between Vancouver 2010 and, and certainly Calgary 88. Um, like, you know, you compare the access to information or the ability to have conversations in an online world mm. compared to 88 is night, night and day. We've run out of time. I so desperately wanted to talk to you about the NBA 2K draft where <laughs> the top video gamer got picked and, and Mike oh. and, and the commissioner was there to give him a hat and everything. So that's the next that's that's our the next, next one. We will have, we'll solve nothing then. We've solved nothing now. David, as always, appreciate this. Thank you.